back in session on the People v. Larry Nassar, and we are in the midst of victim statements, victim survivor, survivor victim, however it goes, we are all survivors. Next. Just, just to update the court, um, I did let your staff know that since we broke last night, we've had three additional survivors um, express an interest in speaking, so we've added them in our schedule. So we're up to 101 right now. And I have received your statements and added them. Thank you. Thank you very much. Judge, um, the first survivor today is um, Maggie Nichols. Her mother, Gina Nichols, will speak on her behalf. She has authorized um, to be identified publicly. And I do have a photograph of Ms. Nichols. Um, she is a former National United States Gymnastics team member. I will. My name is Gina Nichols, and I'm the mother of Maggie Nichols. And could you spell both names, please? Sure. And your daughters. Yep. Um, Maggie is M-A-G-G-I-E, and I'm Gina. I'm G-I-N-A. N-I-C-H-O-L-S. Correct. Thank you. For the record, I know we see it up there. We've spoken it, but for the record, we always spell it, too. So Isn't she beautiful? She is gorgeous. Absolutely. Thank you. Perfect. Should I go ahead? You may proceed, ma'am. Okay. Um... Maggie did not want to be here today. This is, it's too painful. Um, she did become public uh, as of last week. And um, although she did report her abuse in 2015 to USA Gymnastics, she just became public last week. Um, and this is really difficult for her because she is a full-time student and she's training as a full-time athlete still for the University of Oklahoma. So to go have to deal with coming public and all the pressure of what's happening with her, um, this it was just too much. So I'm going to read um, the statement from that she put out to the public. Everybody probably already read it, but I'm going to read it again because she didn't want to add anything to that. And then I have a few things as a parent and a mother I'd like to say. Of course, you are welcome. You may proceed when you're ready. Okay. Recently, three of my former national team members who medaled in the 2012 Olympics, and now uh, another one because Simone Biles, her very best friend, became public the other day as well, um, have bravely stepped forward to proclaim they were sexually assaulted by USA team, uh, I'm not going to say doctor, Larry Nassar, by Larry Nassar. Today, I join them. I am making the decision to tell my traumatic story and hope to join the forces of my friends and teammates to bring about true change. Up until now, I was identified as Athlete A by USA Gymnastics, the United States Olympic Committee and Michigan State University. And I want everyone to know that he did not do this to Athlete A, he did it to Maggie Nichols. In the summer of 2015, my coach and I reported this abuse to USA Gymnastics leadership. I first started gymnastics when I was three, and since I was a child, I always had the dream of competing for my country in the Olympic Games. I made elite level when I was 13 years old, and by the time I was 14, I was on the USA national team. I traveled internationally for four plus years, attending competitions all over the world representing our country. 
And in 2015, I competed at the World Championships representing our country once again. People who watch gymnastics see girls fly through the air and do all kinds of amazing things. And you can imagine that having a good doctor is absolutely necessary to compete at the highest levels. Dr. Larry Nassar was regarded as throughout the sport as the very best by coaches and staff throughout the gymnastics community. The first time I met Dr. Larry Nassar, I was about 13 or 14 years old and I was receiving treatment for an elbow injury. And at the time, it seemed like he knew exactly what he was doing with the therapy he gave me. Initially, he did nothing unusual. But when I was 15 and I started to have back problems while at the national team training camp at the Crowley Ranch, this is when things changed in the medication in the medical treatments that occurred. My back was really hurting me and I couldn't even bend down. And I remember he took me into the training room, closed the door, locked it, closed the blinds. And at the time I thought this was kind of weird, but figured it must be okay. I thought he probably didn't want to distract the other girls and I trusted him. I trusted what he was doing at first, but then he started touching me in places I really didn't think he should. He didn't have gloves on. He didn't have gloves on. He didn't tell me what he was doing and there was no one else in the room. And I accepted what he was doing because I was told by the adults in charge at the USA Olympic Training Center that I should receive help from him. He did this treatment, quote unquote, on me, maybe five or six or multiple times. Not only was Larry Nasser my doctor, I thought he was my friend. He contacted me on Facebook, complimenting and telling me how beautiful I was, looking at, uh, looking and contacting me on numerous occasions. But I was only 15 and I thought he was just trying to be nice to me. Now I believe this was all part of the grooming process that I've learned about. One day at practice, I was talking to my teammate, who everybody knows now to be Allie Braceman, and brought up Dr. Nassar and his treatments. When I was talking to her, my coach overheard, and I had never told another coach, I had never told my coach about these treatments, and after hearing her conversation, she asked me more questions about it and said, it doesn't seem right, doesn't seem right at all. I showed her the Facebook messages and told her that what Nassar was doing, my coach thought it was very, very wrong, so she did the right thing and reported it immediately to USA Gymnastics. Ma'am, could you just slow down a little bit? Okay. As you're reading. Okay. Thank you. USA Gymnastics and the United States Olympic Committee did not provide a safe environment for me and my teammates and friends to train. We were subjected to Dr. Larry Nassar at every national team training camp, which occurred monthly at the Crowley Ranch. His job is to care for our health and our injuries, and instead he violated our innocence. I have come to the realization that my voice now can, can be heard and have influence over the manner in which our USA athletes are treated. Throughout everything that has happened, my faith in God has sustained me. I would like everyone to know that I'm doing okay. My strong faith has helped me endure. It is a work in progress and I will strive to ensure the safety of young athletes who have big dreams, just like mine, and I'll encourage them to stand up and speak out if something doesn't seem right. I want to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart that have helped me through this difficult time, my parents, coaches, and friends who have known, and that have stood by my side. 
I would not have been here or been able to get through this and be this strong without each and every one of you. Now that's the statement that she had put out when she came public last week. And then I just have a little bit more to say as a parent. You mean? As a parent and a, a healthcare professional. I've been a registered nurse for 35 years. And my husband, by the way, is a doctor. And you know what my husband is? A real doctor. A real doctor that, that treats children and helps them to get better, not to hurt them like you have to hundreds of people. You disgraced yourself by calling yourself a doctor to the medical community. A real doctor never sees a child alone in a room and does procedures on them. A real doctor has an adult present when working with a child. A real doctor gets parental consent. A real doctor never under any circumstances but to touch a child in, in their genital or anal area. A real doctor, if he would need to be in private parts, would wear gloves. A real doctor would explain every single thing he is doing to the child with their, uh, their the, the parent or an adult with them. A real doctor, as I said before, helps heal. He doesn't hurt. You actually are not a real doctor. You're not a doctor at all. You're a serial child molester, a pedophile. <laughs> My husband is a real doctor. He has never done the procedure to a child in his entire career. Funny, the procedure that you were doing to all these children, nobody else seems to do. My husband has taken care of all the same injuries that all these athletes that you have taken care of and has never once had to do any form of procedure on them. And guess what? They all got better. They all got better. They didn't need your procedure. There's no such thing as your procedure. My daughter was at the Olympic Training Center one week a month for years. We sent a child across the country to train, to try and make, to be on the USA team and represent our country, a child. And she was not protected whatsoever. Multiple people failed her. We never once by Larry Nassar, when apparently he was seeing and treating all these children, which most of them were children under the age of 18. We never once got a phone call from him at our hometown of Minnesota to let us know that he needed to do a procedure, meaning could we, could I get, give, get consent over the phone? We never gave him parental consent. She was alone with you in exam rooms and didn't understand what you were doing. And you didn't even wear gloves. Gross. You put your fingers in people's vaginas and rectums with no gloves? That's gross. It's disgusting. Nobody does that. 
Lastly, shame on MSU, USAG, and the United States Olympic Committee for this gross, inexcusable negligence for allowing this pedophile to flourish for this long and for all of these poor victims to be abused. They and every one of the people who enable this are responsible for this. It wasn't just Larry, it was all the people, all the people, including USA Gymnastics. And I see that you're representing them there. They are accountable. They are accountable. And I don't want to hear any more statements from everybody else. We're, we're, we're doing this and we're doing that. We have a safer place now. It's too late now. That's fine. We need to make a safer place. But all the people at US, USAG and MSU and United States Olympic Committee who covered it up and allowed this negligence and abuse to happen to children are responsible and they have to take responsibility for it. Ma'am, I want you to know that you have been heard. By being in this court, it's not just that your words are forever on this record and in front of me in consideration for sentencing, but really the world is watching. You have been heard. I want Maggie to know that you represented her very, very well here. I also want her to know that Maggie represented the USA very well today with her words and for all other athletes because we cannot undo what happened. We can't make it better, but we can have a better future for our children and your voices are so important in that. Nasser was not the very best doctor, he was the very best liar. And that is ringing through in every victim's statement. And I want you to know that that has also been heard. He didn't just violate Maggie's innocence and all of your trust, but he robbed her of that and her childhood. I recognize that. I also want you to be assured that this defendant will have a real sentence behind bars where he can do no more harm. And I want to thank you for your loud voice on behalf of your daughter, your family, and all of the survivor victims. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me.
imagine hitting you if I ever had the opportunity to see you again. Instead, I'll allow my thoughts and my feelings to hit your heart. You and your actions have walked with me every step of the way since leaving Michigan State University. Such a beautiful campus tarnished with your touch. Not only did you take away an amazing opportunity that I had playing for a Division I college, I was also selected to play on the 1999 USA Junior National Softball Team in Taipei, Taiwan. As exciting of an experience as it was, my most memorable moment was sitting around a box of pizza with teammates debating if I should ask them if they had ever experienced treatment like I had. Your actions not only consumed my thoughts, but distracted me from moments I can never live again. Every few years, I wondered if there was another Tiffany Thomas who sought treatment on the tables of the Duffy or Jenison training room. Would you ask her what was the matter as she lay there sobbing because she felt violated? But to my surprise, I'd find pictures of you smiling and enjoying life. I was hurt and disappointed, but also extremely relieved knowing it was only me and I accepted this as something I would live with forever. Since you've decided to tell the truth about sexually assaulting an army of young women, I'm choosing to stand tall with them and fight back. The army you chose in the late 90s to silence me, to dismiss me, and my attempt at speaking the truth will not prevail over the army you created when violating us. We seek justice, we deserve justice, and we will have it. I have decided to start living again. Your actions have had me by the throat for years, and I am ready to be released by your clench. I will no longer fear speaking up for myself. I will no longer fear speaking up for my children. I will stand my ground to those in authoritative positions, and most importantly, I will try not to be hesitant toward male medical professionals. I will try to forgive you of your wrongdoing and allow my heart to heal. Lastly, I'd like to thank the court for allowing me an opportunity to speak my thoughts and heal my heart. That was absolutely beautiful, just as you are. I'm so proud of you for being here today. And I see you as a, the tallest structure we have in the world because you emulate that. So whatever he did to you, know that the rest of us see you as beautiful and strong. And you are standing your ground here today. The message has been heard. I actually like that you started out with, I imagine hitting you, because it's a message to all potential victims and current victims we don't know about suffering whatever abuse that they do have the right to get to protect themselves. And that's what you are doing here today, protecting all others. And I admire you for that because you didn't have to be here. You chose to go public to speak on behalf of not just everybody who we know about, but all those unknown voices. They can have a voice as tall and as loud and as meaningful as you. So I thank you. I think you are wonderful. And you are going to make the biggest waves 
that will continue to reach out to others. And I want to thank you for that now. here from survivor Jeanette Antolin, I apologize. Um, she is, um, has authorized to be publicly identified and she will have a support person with her, um, John Yanley. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Could you please state and spell your name for the record prior to beginning? Yes, Jeanette Antoine, J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E-A-N-T-O-L-I-N. Thank you. What would you like me to know? As I said, my name is Jeanette Antoine. I'm a former gymnast and was a national team member from 1995 to 2000. I started my gymnastics career at the young age of three. I became a national team member by the age of 14, dedicating my childhood to the sport I loved. Gymnastics for me was life. It wasn't just something I did, it was my passion. I had the honor of representing my country in two world championships and many international competitions. As a national team member, I trained at the Curly Ranch and was treated by the team physician, Larry Nassar. Larry was an employee of Michigan State and was someone we all held as one of the best doctors in his field, because that is what we were told. We relied on Larry to heal our injuries, help us, and to help us achieve our dreams. He gained our trust with his likability and compassion. But little did I know that behind his good guy facade, there was a monster preying on innocent victims such as myself. Larry manipulated, violated every ethical code of being a doctor. He robbed a good portion of my gymnastics experience, but not just for me, from countless women. It's hard for an outsider to understand the world of elite gymnastics and to understand how a man like Larry could gain the trust of so many young girls and to sexually abuse them for so many years. For a young girl away from her home, being worked into exhaustion by screaming coaches, a kindly doctor offering relief from pain and a little sympathy was easy to like. I was raised in a culture of gymnastics where we were taught your voice doesn't matter. You follow instructions and never complain, especially about treatments. You often hear that becoming a parent changes everything. And it's true. Becoming a mother has made me realize that I would do anything to protect my child. It's our profound responsibility as adults to keep our children safe. As a parent, you feel your children's pain. My mother wishes she could have protected me from this monster. She's completely heartbroken and distraught from everything Larry has done to me. Only a monster would harm innocent children the way that Larry did. As a mother, I understand how gravely heinous Larry's treatments, 
treatments were. I'm disgusted that anyone, let alone a father himself, could carry out such grotesque acts. I absolutely blame Larry for what he did to me and how his effects, how and how this affects and it impacts my life daily. It makes it hard for me to trust people and negatively impacts my relationships with others. I will never fully understand the evil that motivates an adult to abuse an innocent child, but I do understand the evil that motivates organizations like USA Gymnastics and Michigan State to turn a blind eye to this abuse. It is the evil that places money and medals above the welfare of children. This is something that he depended on to continue to carry out his misdeeds. Can I address Larry? You may. Personally. Larry, you made me believe that you were my friend. You deceived me, you manipulated me, and you abused me. I truly believe that you're a spawn of Satan. You used your hotel room as a personal playground to treat us. You used my innocent body as your sexual play toy. The biggest competition of my life that I trained years for, you stole that from me. My experience with you is all I remember about that. Those little girls that you took advantage of so easily have now come back to haunt you all of the days of your life. As you sit behind bars, I pray that you are tormented by the very memory of the words spoken to you by all of us brave women standing here today. There's no therapy that will fix the evil that is deep inside you, and I know that all of us women will heal, but without your prayers. I know that God will heal me and help me survive, and I will come out stronger on the other side. After this is said and done, you will be forgotten, but no one will forget how us women have gotten the strength to stand up and take you down. They won't forget how we've changed the trajectory of abuse in the sport of gymnastics. And I hope that God has mercy on your soul. I'm pleased to see that Larry is one step closer to spending a lifetime behind bars. He was allowed to prey upon children for more than 20 years and he must be held accountable for these crimes. Courtrooms are places where criminals face justice. In this case, justice can only be served by having Larry receive the maximum sentence. This will ensure that he's properly punished for his despicable crimes and will send a message to him and other abusers that the time is up. No longer will people like you get away with this kind of stuff. This man should never be able to be around innocent children, let alone people in the public ever again. Thank you for allowing me to read my statement. Every time I'm able to speak up about my experience, it makes me feel less like a victim and more like a survivor. I pray that my words have truly shown how this man has affected so many. Now it's time for justice, and I can only hope that you see it through to the full extent. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I truly want you to know that your voice does matter and that you are and always will be that responsible parent that he failed at being for his own children and for all of you. 
you speaking out protects your children and the children in all of our communities, so it's so important. And I know you were at two world championships. You are still a champion, and I have to say, the biggest championship is this, speaking out publicly, protecting others. There is no greater responsibility that we all have, and you as a champion recognize that. If I could give each of you a gold medal, I would. Because what you're doing here is more important than the Olympics. And I know that was treasured. And it was a goal for you and for all the girls. But putting someone like this behind bars, making sure that your voice is heard through legislatures around the country and the world will be the goal that we all seek for the safety of all of our children. And so your voice streams of gold through it, and that's when I see a champion for a lifetime, not just at one round of a game or a sport. I know you were dedicated, but dedicated, as you just said, your voice will continue to speak. That's the real goal. Thank you so much. You are a pillar of strength, and facing him now means that you are healing, and your children can have a whole parent back. And that's more important than anything, isn't it? Thank you so much. survivor you will hear from is Amanda Thomas-Show. She has authorized to be publicly identified, and she will be accompanied by her father, Mike Thomas-Show, who I believe you met yesterday. Um, I did. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Could you please state and spell your name for the record? It's Amanda Thomas-Show, A-M-A-N-D-A-T-H-O-M-A-S-H-O-W. Thank you. What would you like us to know? In 2014, I had an appointment with Larry Nassar for hip and back pain. From childhood appointments and hearing about him professionally from my mom, I knew he was a big deal. Dr. Larry Nassar was a trusted name in the medical field, and I felt lucky to have an opportunity to see such a prolific doctor for old high school injuries. I showed up full of hope and excitement. For my past appointments I'd had with him, I'd gathered he was goofy and handsy, but because of his well-known, widely respected title, his odd behaviors that should have raised, raised red flags barely raised eyebrows as they were dismissed and brushed off as part of his quirky personality. There I was, entering into his office and anticipating greatness, placing my personal health and well-being in the hands of that man, a man I was told deserved my trust and my respect with his degrees decorating his walls, enforcing the farce all riddled with his name and title that he used as a shield to hide behind. That man was the hero doctor in town, and he had us all fooled. But in late March of 2014, I found out that man's true identity. Larry Nassar was no hero. He was a villain. Thank you. 
the end of a long and tiring appointment, that man sent his resident out of the room and then stuck his hand up my shirt and down my pants. He sexually assaulted me in spite of my protests and, I, and would not let me leave until I agreed to come back for a follow-up assault. It was terrifying and disgusting, and I spent days in shock from the violation I had experienced at his hands. I knew he was a praised doctor, a healer of Olympic gymnasts. He was the miracle worker of Larry Nassar, and he had just abused me on his appointment table. I didn't know who to tell, and I was scared no one would believe me. Sometimes I even had a hard time believing myself, but at the end, I knew I had to report it. He was so smooth and so calculated at that appointment. He used his position of power, his reputation, and his stature to make me feel special and comfortable, and then he sexually assaulted me. I could not let what happened to me happen to anyone else. After finally finding the courage to make the call, I contacted a doctor I knew worked with Larry Nassar and told him my story. It was uncomfortable and embarrassing, and I felt like throwing up the entire time, but I did it, and I hoped the worst was over with. Dr. Coban thanked me for coming forward and told me we would be in touch soon. It was hard telling my story, but I could rest a little easier knowing I was helping protect future potential victims. I waited to hear back from the university for days, and then weeks, and I started to feel uneasy again. I started to give up hope, and I worried my words hadn't been taken to heart. Eventually, I did get a phone call from Christine Moore at MSU's Office of Institutional Equity, and I started to feel hopeful again. She asked to hear the details of my complaint, and when I started to explain exactly where Larry put his hands without gloves or another person present in the room, she wanted to meet with me in person immediately. I again relayed my story to her and a police officer, and I thought maybe this time I would be taken seriously. They seemed to be horrified by the details of the sexual assault I had experienced and reported to them in no uncertain terms. This time, I just knew my voice had been heard, and this disgusting man would never be able to hurt anyone else ever again. At least that's what I thought, but I was wrong. The investigation done by MSU was brief and sloppy, and it left me feeling disposable and worthless. After asking a few of his friends if what he did was inappropriate and getting a collective answer of, well, I would have done it differently, but I guess what he did was okay, Larry Nassar was cleared to practice again under new guidelines that were never actually enforced. When asked about the assault, Larry gave an answer about how he couldn't remember the exact appointment, but it seemed like something he did, and I must have been mistaken about the sexual nature of the procedure. He was directly confronted with the evil thing he did to me, and he was given an opportunity to admit his problem and get better. But instead, he denied everything and added insult to the injuries he had already left me with. I was not one of his younger victims without words to explain what he did. I was a woman in my mid-20s studying to go to medical school and working at a pediatrician's office. I knew that he had abused me. I reported it. Michigan State University, the school I loved and trusted, had the audacity to tell me that I did not understand the difference between sexual assault and a medical procedure. That master manipulator took advantage of his title, he abused me, and when I found the strength to talk about what had happened, I was ignored and my voice was silenced. 
I spent years trying to get over what happened that day and the damage the investigation did to my life. Years of not being able to trust anyone in messy relationships and feeling so alone every single day. You're scared of doctors and men and figures of authority. Actually, I'm scared of people all the time. I'm uncomfortable when people get too close during conversations and I jump if someone touches me without warning. I'm jittery and I'm nervous around men, constantly overanalyzing situations. It was almost four years ago now and I still have nightmares about that day. Sometimes I'm just trapped in his examination room and he won't let me leave. Other times I'm being held down on the table and I'm yelling but my voice doesn't work. What he did shows up in my daily life and it also affects me while I sleep. Since this case was reopened, I've struggled to even leave my bed on some of my worst days. I wake up crying, feeling empty, and my anxiety about facing the world paralyzes me. Sometimes I call loved ones, but most of the time I'm too embarrassed to call, so I spend another morning crying under the covers for hours before dragging myself out of bed and going to work, where I spend the day nervous and restless and uneasy around everyone. What happened to me bleeds into every area of my life, and I feel tense and fearful all of the time. When Larry Nassar sexually assaulted me and MSU covered for him, they altered the entire course of my life. From my career path to just the way I navigate through crowded rooms, everything has changed. Sometimes I'm terrified that these scars are too deep and I will never be whole again, but I cannot allow myself to remain a victim any longer because I'm a survivor. And even though he left me with these scars, I survived what that evil man did to me. Someday I will be whole again. And Larry, the thing you didn't realize while you were sexually assaulting me and all of these young girls and breaking our lives is that you were also building an army of survivors who would ultimately expose you for what you truly are, a sexual predator. You might have broken us, but from this rubble, we will rise as an army of female warriors will never let you or any man drunk off of power get away with such evil ever again. Thank you. That was wonderful. You are a survivor. Your scars are healing. Your voice is no longer silent. I have heard it. The world has heard it, and you are not alone. You not only have the other survivors, but you have a world who is in support of all of you. This cannot happen. You are ensuring that others will not be violated, not just by this defendant, but by other predators. Things are going to change. You've been heard. The system clearly failed you, and I'm sorry about that. It's not the first time. I suspect it won't be the last time, but you are part of making that system better. I applaud you from the very incident happened for speaking up. It's interesting to me this morning, I've heard from three. I know I'll hear from many more today and days coming, but I also heard the same yesterday. This defendant could also have been charged with unlawful imprisonment. Sounds to me like the number of crimes that could have been charged and weren't is almost endless and they are all vile acts 
and you were right in pursuing what you did. And I want you to know that I'm taking all of that into consideration at sentencing. He will never be free. The next judge he faces will be God. heard from both of um, the Tommy Show sisters, uh, Jessica yesterday and Amanda just now, um, and I know you have a binder of statements, and, and obviously those statements include more statements than just those that are being um, delivered in court. I just wanted to point the court's attention, because I know you've likely probably already read all of them, but that their mother, Dr. Tom Suzanne Thomas Show, also wrote statements on behalf of both girls, um, and particularly her situation is very unique, having gone to college with... Um, medical school with the doctor, with the defendant, um, and referred patients. So. Yes, she has a very unique voice. Does she want any or all of that read into the record? Um, I will um, ask her on a break, and I'll let you know. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, our next uh, survivor, her mother, is going to be delivering her impact statement, um, and they have requested anonymity, so I would ask that there be no recording, no dissemination. I spoke with one of the media um, representatives today, I guess in the other courtroom. When they turn it off completely, it's a little confusing. They don't know if it's a, a, a snafu of some sort, so we've got a, a process in place that they have assured me will not. I'm sorry, so the one that will now be identified is speaking yes. aside from the other, and the three will then come up after. That's my understanding, right? Okay. All right. Um, this is Gwen Anderson. Thank you. Please come up. Please state and spell your name for the record. Um, <clears throat> Take your time. It's okay. Um, Gwen, G-W-E-N, Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. All right, thank you. We do that for the record. I know you said it, but I do need you to do that. And I need you to just, if you need to take a break, please take a break. We have more Kleenex there. I can get you some water. Just speak slowly and try to speak up so the court reporter gets your words. It's really important, okay? I'm naturally really loud, so it's actually hard to not. That's okay. Like so loud. <laughs> this courtroom absorbs you, so be as loud as you want. All right, we're very okay. comfortable. done here, allowing us to be here. Submit letters, videos, speak here in person. You've given us a voice, a chance to be a part of a, a part of this process. When you, when MSU and USA Gymnastics and realistically Larry's own lawyers deny responsibility for what they have done to us. You, however, have validated our betrayal, our abuse, our heartbreak and our devastation because of his actions. And I thank you not only for myself, but for all of us. I remember getting my coffee in the morning, it hit the news. I remember because I never have the TV on in the morning. But that morning, I had a little extra time and I flipped on the news. I remember them describing Larry. And before they even said his name, just by his description, I knew, I knew that his picture was about to pop up on the screen. 
and then it did. My heart sank. I watched as they mentioned a questionable procedure, and my heart sank even more. I knew that procedure. He had done that procedure to me. And I remember thinking, mm -mm, no, 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 no way. This can't be happening. This can't be real. He couldn't have been molesting us. It can't be real. They have to be wrong. Something must be wrong. I remember not being able to focus clearly on anything, so much so. I remember my students asking me if I was okay because it was obvious that I was in a daze. See, I'm a middle school teacher and I teach 12, 13, and 14 year old kids every day. And every single day when I look at them, I am faced with the reality of how young and defenseless we were when Larry molested us. I look at them every single day. I look at them every single day and I think to myself, I am their safe place, I am their protector, I am their fighter, I am their encouragement, I am their motivator, I am their rock. They are more to me than my students, they're my kids. They trust me every single day to look out for their best interests, and I take that very seriously. And that's exactly how I felt as a middle schooler when I was with Larry. He was gonna make sure my injuries were healed because he was my doctor. He was my encouragement, my motivation, and what I believed was my safe place to speak the truth about how much pain I was really in. To know now that he took those beliefs, he took that trust and used it to molest not only myself, but over 140 young girls is something I still can't comprehend. I still can't think about without crying. We were just kids. We were just kids. I remember meeting with my former coach, Tom. This is Tom. Um, about what was going on with Larry in the news. I was trying to come up with a way to defend Larry so that it couldn't be true and it wouldn't be true. It just could not be true. Not Larry. I remember the heartbreak on his face when I told him that I had had the procedure done a couple times. I remember him asking if Larry used gloves. And if you're wondering, the answer is no. No, he did not use gloves. And yes, I remember, because I still remember the feeling of his hands. I still remember flinching from his touch. And I still remember him saying, it's okay. I know you're not used to being touched there, but it'll feel better. I remember at that exact moment, I realized I'd been molested by somebody I trusted, that I was one of the gymnasts he had abused, that my life was never gonna be the same, and that it was true. Look at her. I realized that I was one of the gymnasts he had abused, and that my life was never gonna be the same. I remember seeing the devastation on Tom's face when I said no, that he hadn't worn gloves. And I remember Tom taking 
a minute to collect his thoughts and process, collect his thoughts and proceed by saying how sorry he was. Because see, Tom was one of my coaches. Like all of our coaches, he was our protector. They are our fighters and our encouragement, and our coaches are like our family. And they couldn't protect us from him. They couldn't protect us from him, and it isn't their fault. And they know that, and we know that. But it doesn't take away the hurt, the betrayal, and the devastation that we all feel because of him. I remember crying to my parents over the reality of the situation. And I remember the heartache in their voices. See, my mom was in the room when he did it. She had taken me there. She had no idea what he was doing. How could she? He was so precise in where he stood and how he positioned his body. She was in denial about Larry in the beginning, too, like most of us. She even wrote him on Facebook. And Larry responded with how innocent he was, and I quote, I keep praying for the truth to be revealed and for the goodness to come to light. I am strong in my faith in God, and with the love and support of my friends and family, I will overcome this. Well, God has shown the truth, and you will face him one day. That was my mom's moment of clarity when the child pornography broke. That was her moment of devastation and her moment of truth of the reality of what was going on. You might wonder why I remember all of this like it was yesterday. And the answer is because I live with this internal conversation every single day. I relive these memories and these moments every single day. I no longer have the luxury of going through life with rose-covered glasses to the deplorable, disgusting realities of the world. I look at my two sons, my two beautiful boys, who I love more than anything in the world. And I think about the things that I can't do anymore and the things that they won't ever get to do because of my fears. My fears that someone I trust or they trust is going to hurt them. Hurt them in a way that you can never erase or forget. In a way that leaves a mark on your soul. A mark that will be there for the rest of your life. But that mark is not a mark that's going to define who I am. I stand here today not only to tell you my story, but to show the kids behind me and the ones that can't be here today that this will not define us. What he did to us is not going to define who we are. He's going to sit in jail for the rest of his life. We, on the other hand, are going to move forward. We are going to live our best lives because we are fighters and we are strong and we overcome impossible odds because that's what we were trained to do and that because that's and because that's what we know how to do because we are gymnasts and i wanted to end by saying that i've seriously struggled with the decision to allow myself to be recorded and shown in public because i was scared that my students would see me at my weakest moment they would see me as a victim but i realized but I've come to realize that this moment is not my weakest moment. That this is my moment of strength. This is my close, my, sorry. This is my time to close the chapter of being a victim and open my chapter of being a survivor. And that's standing here today, facing the man who molested me as a child. 
and share my story is my time. I decided to let the media know my name, my face, and my story because I want my two boys to stand. To, sorry, I want my two boys to see their mom stand up for what she knows is right, and I want my students to see that I'm doing what I encourage them to do every day, which is be the change you want to see in this world. And I want to see that this never happens to anyone again, and that those responsible are held accountable. And being here today and telling my story is part of that change. Thank you. Thank you so much for your words. I agree. This is not your weakest moment. It is your strongest moment, but it's also your most important moment because as that role model for your students and for the world, you also are telling them that they can speak up and you're teaching them the best lesson in life. No means no. That always goes unrecognized by predators. And I always say this, and you haven't been to my courtroom, so you haven't heard it, but I always say that God put N and O in the alphabet for a reason together. It spells no, use it. You win by healing while he disintegrates, and that is exactly what will happen. I know that you started out by thanking me, and I think all the victims have thanked me. But I want you to know that I don't need thanks. I'm just doing my job. I always try to do the right thing. And you all have loud voices, and I've heard them, but I wanted to hear them. When I met with the lawyers, and they approached saying, would you even think of a plea? I said, only if. There's a global resolution where all the victims, regardless of who they are associated with this case or not, anyone associated with this predator could come before me and testify because it is a global resolution and I want to hear globally all the voices. And you've been part of that, and I'm so honored that you came here today, that you decided to reveal yourself, because there is nothing more important in your healing and in stopping predators in every form. I'm honored that you're in my courtroom. Thank you. I don't deserve the thanks you do. And just for the record, since you spoke out, uh, Tom, could you tell me your last name and spell it? Last name is Brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N. And formally, it's Thomas? Thomas, yes. Normal spelling? Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for being for here. For the record, go to hell. Anything else you'd like to say? Oh. Me? You. You're here, sir. You spoke out. I'm allowing you an opportunity. Uh, you seem to have a few things you want to say. I think the world probably wants to hear, and so do I. I have a different relationship with Larry from the standpoint that I was a coach for many years. I'm also an exercise physiologist. When exercise I physiologist? Yes. When I graduated from grad school, he was an advisor of mine. He's been a mentor of mine. I've done clinics with him for years in the past, and I've probably sent 
well over 100 kids to him over the years. So the guilt I feel for that is hard to, uh, hard to fathom. So he didn't only deceive these girls, which is honest God, that's the worst of the worst is what he did to these girls. So they have the voice. But what you did to anybody else who trusted you and sent girls your way is disgusting, reprehensible, unforgivable. That's all I gotta say. Sir, thank you very much for speaking up. I hear that guilt that you feel and probably so many referrals to him have the same voice, sentiment that you do. But again, I truly appreciate uh, there not being any blame on anyone. You should not take the blame as well. There are, is no girl who was assaulted who's blaming you or anybody else. Thankfully, the blame lies solely with the defendant. Mm -hmm. I'm getting that. I appreciate letting me speak. Thank you, sir. Some more about her. I understand. Next, do we have the three? Thank you. Uh, the next survivor is Amanda Bartirian, and she has agreed to be identified publicly. However, I am no longer a child. 
And further, I have never been more disgusted or disappointed by any human being. Although ultimately it is not up to me to judge the actions of others, I can finally rest knowing I have done my part in making sure Larry Nassar will never have the chance to hurt another child. I will find comfort knowing that he will finally be forced to take accountability for what he has done and will suffer the consequences for his actions in this lifetime and beyond. Ma'am, thank you so much for your words and for being here. Can you, and you don't have to answer this, how old were you when this began? Um, well, I began as a patient when I was, I believe, 11, maybe younger. Um, yeah. So. I'm really uh, proud of you for refusing to let him take anything else from you that tells me that you have started to heal. And you're right, it will take a long time, but that healing started really today when you publicly came forward and said no more. That's really huge. And the world is watching, and your message has not only been sent to this court, but to others who feel they may not have a voice, and to other predators and hopefully legislators who may change some laws. I'm not sure the outcome of this, but I do know that you have done your part and done it well and been a champion at doing it. Thank you so much Thank for you. being here. Thank you. Next. Um, is being publicly identified. Her name is Jamie Dosky, and again, she is a friend of Gwen and Amanda, who you just heard from. Thank you. Okay. Her husband is accompanying her to appear today. Thank you. Thank you both for being here. Would you please state and spell your name for the record? Jamie Dosky, J-A-I-M-E-D-O-S-K-I. Thank you. What would you like me to know? First of all, I'd like to thank you for giving us this opportunity to express our experience and giving us a voice. I will never forget the night I saw Larry's face on the news. I was watching Dancing with the Stars, then a commercial for the news came on with Larry's face and allegations of sexual abuse. When the allegations first came, I had two thoughts. First was this absolutely can't be true. It's Larry. Second, I always had a feeling deep down that something wasn't right. The moment I heard about the questionable procedure, my heart sank. I was a victim. Over the next couple of months after it first came out, realizing that I was a victim of sexual abuse by someone who I trusted is a feeling that is impossible to explain. I started seeing Larry when I was 12 years old for back pain. Being a competitive gymnast, the only doctor to go and see was Larry Nassar. He was who every competitive gymnast hoped to see to help with their injury. You were lucky to have him as your doctor. I walked into his office at Michigan State the first time and saw every one of my idols on the wall, notes and letters framed expressing their gratitude to him and how much they loved him. As a 12-year-old, the last thing I would think is that his way of treatment was anything other than making me feel better to get me back into the gym. I trusted him, and he used that to manipulate me. I will never forget that first appointment and every appointment after. Off and on for 13 years, I saw Larry as my doctor until I had my first surgery four years ago. I sent other family members and friends to see him. 
I often wonder why I continue to go back, but the truth of the matter is that I did trust him. And I truly believed he had my best interest at heart, even though I know how uncomfortable I was at every appointment. I told myself, he is the best, it's just not like that. Larry Nassar was never Dr. Nassar to me. He was Larry, our friend, and not only to myself, but to my family, coaches, and teammates who trusted him also. I have felt sick to my stomach every day since realizing I have been a victim of his over 10 times for his own sexual pleasure. He knew exactly how to take advantage of us and did it every time. I was lied to and made to believe that he was on my side. For me personally, talking about my feelings is not one of my strong points. I internalize everything, which is why I have so much anxiety. Seeing a therapist and regular visits with my doctor helped me make sense of everything. I have a two-year-old son and a daughter on the way, and I will make sure nothing like this ever happens to them. I want to show my family how strong I am and that I am a survivor. I am here to stand with the rest of these women and to speak up and hope that this doesn't happen to anybody else. One of the things that gymnastics taught me was to be tough and talking about what made me uncomfortable was a weakness. I never realized how much this, this affected me until deep down, affected me deep down until all this happened. It was like a part of me was completely broken, but I'm finally able to be free and validated. I could speak up and talk about being a survivor. Larry took away a part of me that I will never get back, and I will spend the rest of my life trying to make sense of all of this. I hope that Larry gets what he deserves and serves the maximum amount of time for doing what he has done to me and so many other women, including my fellow teammates and friends. Thank you very much. Ma'am, whatever he took from you, whatever you feel that you won't get back, I promise you, by speaking out, that strength that you have, that is a healing power. And whatever empty space you feel that he took will be filled by something better. You're going to get stronger and stronger. And I know that especially because you recognize that speaking out is important for your children that you're speaking out for. So I applaud that. You are tough. You're going to get tougher. And the world will watch all the great things that you do on behalf of the other survivors and your children. And of course, the sports. Because I think all of the survivors see the need for sports to hear the recklessness that can occur when proper procedures are not in place. So your voice will make those changes. And if they don't come, maybe we shouldn't attend sports events. Maybe we need to have even louder voices. I don't know what the remedy is, but I do know that each of you will stand together and make sure that sports is safe for your son, your soon-to-be-born daughter, and all of our children. And that is an immeasurable difference that will be in the world and should start filling that empty piece of yours because it is gold. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for being here and for your husband to stand by you. Not all men stand behind women who make these statements. And sir, you and the rest of the families are to be applauded because I have in this very court seen the opposite. So when families come forward, husbands, coaches, parents, siblings, it is so meaningful. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Can I say something, Your Honor? 
What's your name for the record? Ryan, R-Y-A-N. There's circles of hell reserved for people like you. Thank you, sir. The next survivor to speak is Janelle Mall, and she is um, comfortable with being identified publicly, and she's a parking lot husband. Yes, and we also have her um, picture on the screen. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Could you please state and spell your name for the record? Janelle Mall, J-E-N-E-L-L-E-M-O-U-L. Thank you. What would you like me to know? I would like to thank you for this opportunity to express the damage that has been caused by Larry Nassar. You have given us all the chance to have a voice and to stand up against the evil that he has inflicted on the gymnastics community. Larry, I thought about writing this statement for over a month now. I have written and rewritten it in my head. Everything I have come up with doesn't come close to properly describing the mental turmoil you have caused in my life. You never insisted on being called doctor. You were Larry, my doctor, my idol, and most importantly, my friend, or so I thought. I thought you were helping me, and I have now come to learn that you were just manipulating me, my family, my coaches, and my friends so that you were trusted. My mom was sitting in the room with me that day when you performed this act. I didn't think anything of it because I trusted you so much, so I didn't tell her what you had done. Although it hurt and it was uncomfortable, I trusted that you were doing what was best for me. For 13 years, I didn't think anything different until September 2016. When I heard that there were accusations against you, I could not believe the accusers and defended you to a fault. As more and more accusations came out, I was distraught in thinking that you were this monster they described. It did take me long to realize that you are the monster they described. And all that time you were helping me, you were just manipulating me so that you could take advantage of me. I thought you were fixing me, but I have realized you broke me. I have daughters, daughters that want to be gymnasts. I have struggled with letting them become a part of this sport, a sport they want to become a part of because of my love and joy for it. I have now become a victim of sexual assault by two trusted people within the gymnastics community. You made me a victim for the second time in my life, and for that I cannot forgive you. I hate that I was a victim once with no action taken against that person, and to know now that I am a victim again has destroyed me. But I'm standing tall and fighting against you and everyone involved in letting you continue your reign of terror on this tight-knit gymnastics community. You must pay for what you have done so that changes happen, changes within this community so that my young daughters may never, never feel the hurt and turmoil you have caused me, my family, my friends, my teammates, and my coaches. I'm currently mourning the loss of my grandfather, who was everything to me, and at every single one of my gymnastics meets. But instead of giving him and my family all my thoughts, I'm sitting here having to think about you and all the damage you have done. I hate that you are taking away from what should be a time filled with grief and remembrance. 
You don't deserve my thoughts. He does, and they do. And with that, I hope you get as much time in prison as possible. I hope you are never able to walk outside those walls as a free man. But most importantly, I hope that all of the survivors that you've hurt are able to heal from the damage you have done. Judge, I want to thank you again for your time and consideration. You have given me a chance to have a voice when I didn't think I was able to. Yeah, I, I appreciate the thanks. It was never a question in my mind. It's part of my job to hear from all victims. You, your voice, the voice of all of the victim survivors will break him. Maybe not now, but eventually, as he shrivels in prison, he will die there. I don't have to read a crystal ball to know that. The change that you want, you are part of the, that very important change. All of the victim survivors are causing change that will be a rippling effect. Again, I don't have a crystal ball, but I believe that to be a fact. And I'm not allowed to lie from the bench. <laughs> I am so very sorry for your grandfather's passing, for his loss. The closest person to me in my life was my grandfather. And that was in 1975, and I still feel the loss and feel him around me and I do know that your grandfather is here and hugging you too. Thank you. And he and the rest of your family will help you get through this. So as you get stronger, the defendant will get weaker. And I know everybody's referred to him as Larry, not doctor. But to me, he's a defendant like all the other criminals. Someone without a name who's done so wrong he doesn't deserve to be called by his first name or by his former title. I hate even using his last name now after hearing from all of you. He is defendant to me. And at some point I hope that he becomes simply defendant to you, part of your past and part of your armor for the future because you certainly are strong. Thank you. I know your husband's proud of you, your family's proud of you, and your children. You are the best role model. All of the victim survivors are. And so now you all do have that army to go forward with your message. He'll be behind bars, but he's not the only pedophile. Absolutely. Your voice will be heard. Thank you. Thank you. All right, at this time, I think what we need to do is take 15 minutes because we have a, an 11 o'clock that we need to deal with. And I want to make sure we're doing that on time and all the technology works. Is that all right with everybody? Yeah. All right, so we'll take 15 minutes and then we'll come out and deal with the technology and then we'll hear the next person. Thank you. All right.
We are ready. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, the next survivor to speak is Madeline Jones. And as you can see, she is um, on Polycom. She's a freshman at Boston College. And she's accompanied by her aunt, who is sitting um, to her left. And her parents are here in court as well and will be staying at the podium um, during her statement. I'd also like the record to note that we have a photograph of um, Ms. Jones at the time of the abuse. And I will turn it over to the court. Thank right. you. Thank you, counsel. Thank you all for being here, the parents. And thank you for being available by Polycom. I should thank the county for putting in this new equipment this year um, because it makes it accessible to people around the country like yourself. So I appreciate your time and the arrangements that you had to make to get here. So I do know that your words are very important and I want to hear them, but I need you to begin by stating and spelling your name for the record. Uh, I'm Madeline Jones, M-A-D-E-L-E-I-N-E-J-O-N-E-S. Thank you. What would you like me to know, ma'am? Um, I guess pretty much just explaining that it's through cameras because I started my second semester at Boston College and I will be reading a statement that my mother wrote as well, which I think is important because she was in the room. Um, so the first part of my statement, I'll differentiate between the two, but I'll be speaking in third person for some of it because it's my mother's statement. All right, and I just, you talk really fast, and I needed to just slow down a little bit. Okay. And it especially happens when people read things. So pretend okay. you're reading to the five-year-old me and slow down. <laughs> Judge, can I interrupt just, uh, she is charged victim B in Ingham County, and I think that's an important thing for you to know. Thank you. Thank you. you may proceed. You may proceed. In February 2011, my 11-year-old daughter was in extreme pain and couldn't bend her back at all. I took her to see Larry Nassar under the advice of her gymnastics coaches. Little did I know that the extreme pain she was and back in 2011, would not even compare to the pain she's experienced over the past six years. We had multiple appointments with NSR. I'd have to leave work early, drive her to school, pick her up, and drive an hour to Michigan State. I can't imagine what my daughter must have felt sitting in the back seat of the car. Yes, she wasn't even old enough to sit in the front seat. The anguish of knowing that your mother is driving to an appointment to get sexually assaulted the anguish of being that mother who sat in a chair while her daughter was assaulted. Let me tell you a little bit about what our life has been like because of what Larry Nassar did to my daughter. A once happy, determined little girl became depressed and disinterested, but still struggled with her desire to succeed, which led to even more frustration. She was just 12 years old when she first expressed suicide thoughts. If you've ever tried to get a young girl proper mental health care, you would know that it was almost impossible. If you've ever been on the phone with someone, tell them that you need help to keep your daughter alive, and resource after resource turns you away. And if her daughter is safe, to keep the knives, medicine, and other dangerous objects away from your daughter. And as you walk around your house, you realize how fruitless your efforts may be. Because there's just too many ways to kill yourself if you 
they want to. Have you received a phone call from your daughter having to weigh the decision of going to pick her up when she's having a panic attack to the point where all you can hear is someone trying to catch the breath? But you need to decide on whether or not to make her stay so that the fight or flight response doesn't get worse. You ever had to call the police because you don't know where your daughter is and you feel the worst? You ever gone into your teenage daughter's room and stood over her bed to make sure she's still breathing? For years, we had no idea why our daughter was having such internal turmoil. It wasn't until September 2016 when I read the Indie Star article that I knew why. As crazy as it may sound, it was almost a relief to finally understand why our daughter was having these disturbing feelings. However, I was still in shock and horrified when I heard her describe in graphic detail to Detective Lieutenant Andrew Mumford exactly what happened during those appointments. Those 45 to 60 minute appointments over and over again when she was just 11 years old. Penalty for first-degree criminal sexual conduct against an individual less than 13 years old is a minimum of 25 years to a maximum of life in prison. Including my daughter, there are three victims in this trial under the age of 13 at the time, which would bring us to a minimum of 75 years, excluding the other four victims. However, the plea deal sets a range of 25 to 40 years, assaulted by Larry Nassar, and they want to be able to move forward with their lives. My daughter is a talented, smart, athletic, funny, beautiful young woman with a kind heart and a lot to live for. She's truly an amazing gift from God who should be treasured, not violated. Please help give comfort to her, the other victims, and their families by sentencing Larry Nassar to the maximum of 40 years, which cannot be appealed. This is my statement now. Larry Nassar and I both agree that he is guilty of seven counts of sexual assault against underage girls, including myself at age 11, for his own gratification. Because knowing that Larry will spend the rest of his life in jail does not make up for the hell I've been living since I was 11 years old, I urge the court today to impose the maximum sentence possible. Society may sometimes see a single death as a tragedy and a million deaths as a statistic. But I urge every person here today to think of each woman affected by Nassar's actions as a human being with inherent dignity whose life was ruined by the man who manipulated their trust. I stand before the court today not as a victim or a statistic, but as a woman with goals, ambitions, and dreams made significantly more difficult to achieve given the severe trauma I've suffered at the hands of Larry Nassar. During this trial, I was referred to as victim B, but my name is Madeline Jones. I'm currently 18 years old, and I was a gymnast for 13 years. When I was 11, I saw Larry Nassar for back pain because I was told that he was the gymnastics doctor. In every appointment, my mother sat directly in front of me, and in every appointment, as I had to testify in front of strangers, Larry Nassar sexually assaulted me by penetrating me vaginally and anally, without gloves, lubricant, or consent. Before every appointment, I cried in the bathroom. And after every appointment, I couldn't wait to get home to shower, because I always left his office feeling so dirty. Yet, 
I want you to remember the story of Lucifer's fall from grace. The devil didn't want God to create humans in his image and likeness, or with free will. The devil felt as though humans weren't deserving, and they would commit atrocious acts. Larry, remember that you proved the devil right. Remember that you were born in the image and likeness of God, and you chose to sexually assault little girls. To call you a monster isn't even the right word. You're a human being, and you chose to do this. You chose your actions, and you chose to sexually assault little girls. No matter what you do with the rest of your life, your actions will always be evidence to the devil's argument. You use Catholicism to manipulate people into believing you're a pious human being. Never forget, it doesn't matter how many people believe your remorse. What matters is God gave you the gift of life and you chose to abuse little girls. I do not believe Larry Nassar is in any way remorseful for his actions. I have no doubt that if given the opportunity to offend again, he would not hesitate. He is a danger to society functioning only for his own benefit. Larry Nassar should never be put out of prison. It doesn't matter how many rosaries he prays, how many inmates he supposedly helps, or how many people implore that he's a changed man. Larry Nassar is not apologetic for assaulting me. He's only sorry he was caught for it. Please impose the maximum sentence possible. Thank you so much for your words. Before I Restitution will make you financially whole, will not fix the emotions, but there's a lot of counseling you yet to do and a lot of work that costs money. I don't know if he has any money or if he'll get money, but if he does, I can impose restitution so that if you all present bills, he will be ordered to pay them. Anything he would dispute, I would decide what a reasonable amount is. I don't know that he's in position to dispute anything presented, but certainly we can make that decision. I would decide. Are you asking for restitution? Would you like to address that, or would your parents like to address that, or both? Um, I would really appreciate restitution. I've been in therapy for over five years now, and I still have a lot of therapy to go, and it's very expensive. All right. Restitution is so ordered, we will leave it open. And all I need is for you and your family to collect those bills and then continue to provide them. And as to an amount, I'm simply going to leave it open, uh, and the amount will simply grow unless there is, and will be charged as it's presented, unless it is disputed by defendant. In that event, we would have a restitution hearing. Is that acceptable? Yes, thank you. Mom, is that acceptable? Yes, thank Dad? you. All right, you need to say something, Dad. Yes. All right, thank you. First of all, you talked about the importance of defendant admitting his guilt. That is important. And I know it is important to all of the survivors. However, I have to say 
more important is your loud voices, your very strong army of voices. It's not just the survivor victims who were his patients, but all of the families coming together in the community. And that is huge. That will make a difference. You mentioned seven counts where he pled actually guilty to. In fact, when I add up all of the times, the years that he assaulted you, the other survivors, I don't know. My calculator says it's probably thousands of counts because prosecutors usually charge each incident separately. When I look at that and consider it, it is literally thousands of criminal sexual conduct charges that could have been before this court, in addition to numerous other crimes that were committed. So I really appreciate you being here, and it sends a strong message, again, to this court and to the world. Your goals, ambitions, dreams will be a reality. I am hoping that you have jumped over and passed that suicidal urge. You're not the first person to talk about it, and even those people who have not mentioned it, those survivors who have not mentioned it, I suspect it's crossed their mind. What I want to say to you is what I've said to another survivor who said something similar about suicide, and that is if suicide is something you still consider ever, understand that that makes him win. And you know all about, as an athlete, winning and losing. Stay the winner. Stay with us. Keep fighting, working hard. He cannot win if you do that. You get stronger while he gets weaker. Suicide is never, ever the answer. If you were in this courtroom, you would see, as your parents do, all of the love and support that you have here. And I know that there's a feed around the world, and there is an immeasurable number of people who also support you and want you to stay with us here. I am certain your family has told you that, but sometimes the magic of the robe works. So I want you to know that I think that you're valuable, and I want you to be here, and suicide's not the answer. I also want you to know, because you're also not the only victim who's mentioned about how dirty you feel and how showers are not sufficient. If there was an order that I could put in place for all of you victims, survivors, I would order you to be reborn and clean. It's not your fault. And so if it helps any, as I'm sitting here in this robe, I am ordering that you feel clean that you feel renewed. We want to get her back. Let's go off the record.
you are reborn and clean, that all survivors are reborn and clean, put the past in back of you. You want me to sign that order? I'm happy to do it so you can look at it every single day, mount it in your shower if you need to. But ma'am, this was done without your permission, without your knowledge. You were too young, even if you did give permission. That's a crime. You had no fault in what happened. And I want to promise you and your family, he will not see the light of day unless it is behind the bars. Predators, serial predators, have a place in our prisons permanently. And he is one of those. I don't know if that helps you sleep better, but your voice being part of this voice of armies saying no more hopefully does help you sleep better. And I'm so very proud of you for coming forward, even at this distance through the technology. You are loud and clear in this courtroom, but more important, loud and clear in your message and your family's message. And I couldn't be prouder of you and your family. Your parents are standing here, although still visibly upset by all of this, proud and in support of you and justice. On behalf of the parents, is there anything you wanted to add to your letters or say to your daughter, long distance here? Hi, Mylon and Hello, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so reach out and touch okay. me. Okay. Call Tom in the corner. Or calling Tom, I guess. <laughs> All right. So good luck in school. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.